On today's Question of Faith, did Carrie Underwood make Axl Rose smile this weekend? Hey everybody, I'm Mike Hayes. This is Question of Faith, joined by my friend here, Father Damien Ferentz, Vicar for Evangelization. So you texted me this question last night and said, we should do this podcast, and we threw that around on Instagram a little bit. I went, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> I was on the elliptical at the seminary yesterday, and I was watching these videos of Carrie Underwood, who at the Stagecoach Festival this past weekend, I don't know if it was during her encore, but it must have been close to the end of her set, yeah. started singing... Sweet Child of Mine, which she does. She's right. covered like Skid Row and Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses in the past. But then when she finishes the first verse, she says something like, this is the greatest night of my life. Yeah. Welcome to the stage, Axl Rose. And here comes Axl Rose, the lead singer of Guns N' Roses. And then they do this duet together, going back and forth on Sweet Child of Mine. And Carrie's hitting these really tight harmonies on the second verse. Yeah. And then when you get done with that, you're like, that was great. And then she says something like, you thought we were done? No way. And then they go into the opening of A Paradise City, which is a seven-minute song. Yeah. And uh, my brother had texted me that he read that on Rolling Stone, I think on Saturday. And I thought, no way, because I really like Carrie Underwood, and I grew up on Guns N' Roses. Yeah, same. And I thought, man, this is great. And, I mean, even as you uh, opened the show with that question, I smiled because Axl Rose traditionally has had problems with anger. Mm-hmm. He's been frustrated. You know, he throws things. He jumped on a guy at the infamous St. Louis concert who was taking pictures. He's always depicted as angry, um, although I don't know how angry he really is. How could I? But nonetheless, when he was with Carrie Underwood on stage, he seemed peaceful, yeah. serene, like happy to be there. Um, so I wanted to talk about that today because I think there's something very beautiful. I think some of it's complimentary uh, or complementarity we could talk about because Carrie Underwood is a a faithful Christian woman. She put out a wonderful um, Christmas album recently and um, she doesn't cuss even in the song. She switches words, but here she's dressed like in an 80s shirt, um, shorts and boots and her hair's a little feathered out and she was rocking, but she didn't like lower herself to dirt standards. She kept her standard, <laughs> but was able to enter in to Axel's world and bring him into hers. And I thought there's something going on there that we've got to chat about. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't think of it that way. It reminded me when, when you started talking about this, I, I, you know, I just kind of thought, oh, it was cool. I did this together. And then I looked at it a little more carefully. I was like, oh yeah, he's right about this. Look at the way he looks. It reminded me, this is going to sound really weird, but it reminded me when I used to work with the Paulus, the uh, Mother House of the Paulist is in New York City, and that's where a lot of the guys go to retire. And so all the older Paulists I became friends with, and there were all these really like mellow, sweet old guys I just loved hanging out with. And all the guys who were like middle-aged who were the associate pastors for those guys, and they were pastors, were all like, yeah, he was a real jerk when he was a pastor, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he was like, you know, he's mellowed out now. You got the nice version of Father yeah, Frank yeah. Diskin or whatever, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what made me laugh. But this sounded similar. Like, she kind of mellowed him out a little bit. And I was just like, wow, that's a kinder, gentler Axel, Axel Rose that I don't really remember. That's really cool. Right. My brother said something similar. He's, when we were talking about it, he said maybe, you know, in his old age, he's he's softened a bit. And that does happen. And yeah. I, I reminded my brother that when Bruce Springsteen first 
brought the E Street Band back together around 99, 2000, went on tour, people would yell out, play Rosalita and hold signs. And he'd get upset. He'd say, Rosalita's not coming out tonight. She's not coming out. But then 15 years later, after Danny Federici died in Clarence, he was like taking requests from the, the crowd with signs and it was called Stump the Band. And then he put Rosalita in the, in the set list all the time. So I wonder, yes, part of this is Carrie Underwood's, her, her beauty, her virtue, um, her ability to sing. Like you can't yeah. top her voice. She, and she can sing Guns N' Roses songs better than Axl Rose. She can't hit the low notes, but she can hit everything that Axl yeah. can no longer hit. But there's this other side of softening with age because you realize, man, maybe those things I was so uptight about aren't as important as I thought they once were, mm. you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably true, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I think about my own parents in that way sometimes. You know, the things that my mom, like, really cared about when she was younger. She just didn't care at all about when she got old. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. We had a seminary professor at St. Mary's Seminary. His name was Father Tom Weber, and he studied at the Biblicum, was very strict in his teaching style, was a bear. He's like the last guy to get out of the cassock and had a, a reputation for being somewhat harsh. But in his old age, he was one of the kindest guys we had. And we were told in his, in his class when we first took him, whatever you do, don't raise your hand and ask a question because Weber doesn't like any questions. So just put your head down, take notes. Well, I don't remember who it was, but one of us in the class, he said something in his lecture notes. And he said the first day of class, if you want, you could raise your hand. But all the other seminarians, don't ever ask him to raise his hand. But one of my classmates wanted to ask a question, put his hand up. He goes, well, you have a question? Yeah, Father, I do. This. Well, that's great. And he loved it. So it was like it was like the movie The Sandlot. Remember the yeah, Sandlot absolutely. where Baseball uh, movie, sure. What's the guy? Is it James James Earl Jones? Is he the character? Who's the who's the, yeah, the, the old, old African yes. African American guy? And they thought because he had this dog, he was a monster and if you hit the ball over, it's gone forever. And when they really got to know the guy, he had uh, collections of baseballs in his house and he knew Babe Ruth and all that. And so I think there's, yeah. So as we're talking this out, it seems like there's two things going on. One, if you're doing it right, you ought, your heart ought to soften with age. But then two, maybe when you come up against somebody like a Carrie Underwood, who seems to me to be a virtuous woman, a beautiful woman, wonderful voice, very intelligent and who was playing a, not a rock fest, but a country music fest. Yeah, that's right. Throws on like a G&R shirt and then wants to bring one of her like childhood musical heroes on stage. Now, country people might not be into, people like country music might not be into um, hard rock, mm -hmm. but they were and they seemed to enjoy it. And she <laughs> sure enjoyed it. And at the end of the Paradise City, when Axel was done, he said, thank you to the crowd. And then he said to Carrie, and thank you. And it was so sincere. I'm like, uh, oh, my gosh, Axel's thanking someone. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I missed that. That's why we have to go back yeah. and look at that now. And thank you. <laughs> it, remi it, you know, it reminds me of the old adage. We used to say this in, uh, in pastoral counseling class. We said that there's nothing sadder than a young man that can't cry or, or a young person, really, that can't cry. But there's also nothing except one thing, an old man who can't laugh. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's funny, too, because if you – I was looking at uh, some of this footage from Stagecoach, Stagecoach Festival. Festival. Yeah. Um, and Axel had posted some things last night on the Guns N' Roses account, and so did Carrie Underwood. And Axel looks so happy, and people are commenting, Axel Rose is happy. Look, he's smiling. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't know what happened. And maybe something else happened in his life too. I don't know. But it's very interesting that he would accept that offer. Because 20 years ago, he didn't want anyone singing Guns N' Roses yeah, songs. Right. And and the reaction that he probably would have had would have been to sue Carrie Underwood. You, you don't cover my music anymore. This is terrible. But yet there is this great... Um, what do they call it? A fusion, you know, in yeah, food yeah. Of, of these two coming together. It's like the lion and the lamb. Although mm. when I said that yes, yesterday to you in a text, I was thinking Carrie Underwood's also a, a kind of a lion. She's, she's oh, no yeah, pushover. Absolutely, yeah. But, but um, yeah, she's, she's different. So. In some ways in the, in the reverse sort of uh, yeah traditional gendered roles of the lion and the lamb, you would think the lion would be the guy and the lamb would be the woman, right? You know, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, a similar kind of thing, right? You yeah. Know, Lady Gaga would be the lion, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, but do you ever – I don't know if you've seen them in the recording I sessions have. together. It's so sweet. It's very dear. I mean, it's just such a great thing to watch. Um, and he has Alzheimer's, as you know, you, people may or may not know. And he you know, he gets tired and he you know, gets a little confused during sessions sometimes. But they said that the patience that she has with him – is just out of this world, and that she comes over and just calms and dances. Okay, Tony, we're gonna sing now, okay? And he's like, Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, let's go. Luck be a lady tonight, you know? and he just jumps right into it, you know. Yeah, and similar to Axel and Carrie with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, these would be two people that you wouldn't consider as a, a successful duet, right? And that's what makes it so successful because part of it is a surprise. I didn't think this could happen. And wow, look at that. Right. That's great. It, so it's chocolate and peanut butter, right? You know? Yeah. Two great tastes that taste great together, but you never would have thought it. You know? Right. <laughs> so so maybe what was like bubbling up in my head and my heart when I texted you yesterday from the elliptical machine was that um, some of the most beautiful things in Catholicism are also things that you wouldn't expect could go together, mm. you know? Um, so not so much scripture and tradition. I'm trying to think of a oh, so faith and reason. That would be a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Where people will say, "Well, I can't believe that because I only believe in science and what science tells me." We say as Catholics, "Yeah, what science tells us is good. What reason gives us is good." But then God also tells us about Himself in Revelation, and what God tells us doesn't compete with what we know by our natural reason. It amplifies it. It enhances it. And so, in that way, there's there's like a a joy when you experience, oh my gosh, I can, so I can be a faithful Catholic and I can use my reason and I don't have to kind of check my reason in at the door when yeah. I go into church, you know, that's, that's right. nice. I was just going to, I was going to use the exact words that you just used. I don't have to check my brain in the door when I come into the church. My friend Bill McGarvey says that all huh. the time. Maybe yeah. I heard you say it and then it was deep in my file and it came out <laughs> when I looked at you. Know. you. You know, similarly, and this is going to sound a little off, but you know, Peace and justice yes. are kind of the same things because people have like a righteous – you know, how many social justice people do we know that just seem really, really angry all the time because they have this righteous anger, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it, in, in some ways it's unattractive, right? You're like, oh my God, could, could that person just take a pill, right? Mm-hmm. You know, could you just calm down a little bit? You're a little too, too much with this. Right. And it can kind of alienate you. But when you have someone who – like you know, my friend Bill Merriman is this why he's a deacon here – he is the one of the most peaceful people I have ever met, and he is such a person of justice. Like he really goes out and, and fights for what he thinks is right. But at the same time, if you spend time with him, he's just a lovely, peaceful guy, and he'll he'll bring you around to his side of things just by talking with you about it. Like he doesn't he doesn't hammer you with it. And I'm like, that's I, I wish I could be that way. You know, yeah. I think my friend brother Ben Jimenez S J is oh, yeah. similar. So, yeah, Brother Ben 
is I call him Dorothy Day Catholic. Um, and that's a great compliment because he's part of Catholic Worker. Um, he's very much into nonviolence yeah. and uh, has even, you know, been arrested a few times in, in protests. But, you know, I was playing guitar with him on Saturday night or mm. was it s- Sunday night? And um, he came down when we were evangelizing out here. And he he is a very faithful Catholic priest, but in a way that sometimes makes people uncomfortable which is often good because the gospel should make us, it should comfort us and challenge us at the same mm-hmm. time. And right. that's how you know you're doing it right, where both of those things are being experienced at the same time. Yeah. I used to say to the college students all the time, dare to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world where people say, we could have whatever you want, whenever you want it, and 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 yesterday, never mind now, right? But if you're never uncomfortable, that never gets challenged. If you never talk to someone who disagrees with you, what what, what good is this? You right. know, you, you right. never grow. You never you never you know you never move out of that comfort zone. So in my life, you know, when when I was working in campus ministry, I used to I used to have the students go to the pro life march all the time, and they and they'd come back, and I would say, so how was the march? And they'd say uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'd say I'd say, okay, tell me more. Why was uncomfortable? And it's well, you know, look, first of all. I had people just shouting at, at me in my face because of my beliefs, and okay, that's not cool, and and <laughs> I don't really like that, you know. I don't like people being in my face all the time. I'm like, oh well, yeah, that's that's the way it works, <laughs> you know. I said, yeah, you have to stand up for for what you believe in, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know, and that's. But at the same time, you know, there would be yeah, you know, there would be people who I know don't espouse certain elements of the pro life movement but espoused others. And I was like, well, wait a minute, this is complicated. I, you know, wh- why should I listen to this person? You know, why is this person here when I know what he says about things like immigration or thing, you know, capital punishment, capital punishment right. right? You know, all those kinds of things. And I was like, yeah, this is complicated. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you need to, you need to work that out now. I said, you know, how, you know, wh- what is that going to cause you to do? Well, it's going to cause me to work harder for all of these issues. You know, I have to remember that the church is pro family and also, you know, for the dignity of all people, including people who are behind bars, you know, all those kinds of things. And at the same time, that we're we're pro-life. You know, no better time to talk about this than this week, right? Right. Yeah, just last night there was a leak that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade, which is great news. Also, a call to the church to be very active and forward and making sure that we are taking care of women and children and families and providing everything that's needed to to promote a culture of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In case people aren't aware, you know, when, when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it means that the states now have the right to legislate abortion as they see fit. You know, so a place like New York, where I'm from, will probably retain Correct. the right to, to have an abortion. A place like Ohio will not. Correct. You know? And so on the other side, you know, women who are finding themselves in um, – in dire circumstances sometimes because of their economic situation, whatever the church is called to care for them as best they can. And so we're going to have our friend Mary von Karlowitz come come in at some point and tell us all about the ways that we're preparing to do that here in this diocese. Yeah. Do you think Mary has more energy than Miguel Chavez? Because she might. Oh, it's close. Yeah. That's a close call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, it's probably a different energy, right? Yeah. You know, but they're but, both, but both it, high. It's, yeah. it's high. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> so it'll be great. It'll be wonderful to have her on. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. Um, I was going to say something about the Right to Life March. Though I've been there, well, I used to go with my parish from St. Mary's Hudson, then we took the seminarians. And one of the things that is difficult 
is when you're marching, there are people who are protesting against you, and specifically because you're Catholic. Right. If I'm wearing a collar, even more so. And they'll hold signs that say, you papists are all going to hell. Um, what's, you know, and then just very damning uh, statements on these signs, and they'll start yelling. Well, one of the people who was holding a sign started singing Amazing Grace. So I went and stood next to him and sang Amazing Grace, <laughs> trying to make, you know, trying to make peace and build some community. And we, we sang fine. And then afterwards, I think he let me have it a little bit. And I told him I loved him and we're brothers in Christ. Oh, well, that's part of living. That's the way it works. Yeah. Kill yeah. him with kindness, right? Right. Like, like Carrie Underwood killed Axl Rose with kindness the other night. It's great. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I really, it was it was surprising to get the text from me the other day, and I was just like, oh yeah, you know. And I had seen sort of a like a vague reference to it, probably from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, you know, I, I really have to look at this, and I'm really glad I did because it really it really kind of warmed my heart for the rest of the night. You know, well, you know what you know what else made me want to talk about this is that Springtide Institute. You know, Francine brought yeah. that guy in to talk about where young people are. And in every survey, young people will talk about music and how that's That's a really important part of their spirituality and formation, for better or for worse. And growing up, I listened to 80s rock, and I really loved Guns N' Roses. It was the first show I ever saw, actually first rock show, um, Skid Row opened. The first concert I ever went to was Vanilla Ice, In Vogue, (laughs) and MC Hammer. Wow. Uh, my freshman year of high school. But that wasn't a rock show. My first rock show was Guns N' Roses, Skid Row for street, for street cred. But I mentioned that because um, then when I was uh, – after I was ordained, Carrie Underwood became a thing. You know, she won American Idol. And I really liked that she would go back and cover 80s rock tunes. And to see this, it, I literally would get like shivers when she's harmonizing with Axel because I, I love music. And it speaks to me. And there's something good there. And when there's something good there, there's something God there, you know? Right. Um, and that, I guess that's what I wanted to kind of dig out and recognize and talk through with you because oftentimes in talking it out, we get we get to a deeper place and deeper understanding of ourselves. So, yeah, there was something on display there that was really nice, yeah. I thought. My, my friend Bill McGarvey, who is a musician um, and we used to be the editor of Busted Halo, he used to say that the first time that I think I ever really had a deep conversation with truth was when I listened to a Bob Dylan song. I, I have a, a – a quilt on my bed that's made of a bunch of old t-shirts. Most of them are like Borromeo and Tolly Leggy t-shirts with the exception of two. One's an old Bob Dylan t-shirt. One's an old Cat Power t-shirt. Mm. And the Bob Dylan t-shirt has the line, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose, which I thought was a throwaway line until I really started reflecting on it. And it's, it's, it's emptying yourself of any false idols and that's when you've, you've got nothing to lose. If, you, if you're not holding on to anything, then you could go for it like faithfully and courageously and i think it's a good it's a good spiritual principle so yeah exactly that yeah. makes sense that yeah yeah and most friend... people would read that line sort of flatly right and just right. be like oh you just got nothing yeah you know <laughs> it's like you know but yeah it's it's the poverty of the cross when you got nothing right. you got nothing so no, no one can take anything away from you when you you've emptied yourself it's yeah. kenosis it's it's great yeah that's great so, well, Carrie and Axel, you've given us a lot to think about today. So we know you're listening. So th- thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to come into the studio, Axel Rose, you're more than welcome. Carrie Underwood, anytime. We've got an empty seat for right, you here. Yeah. We could bring in two seats if the two of you want to come in and maybe sing Patience or something. <laughs> Patience Just would be a great. little patience. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Boy, Takes better, me back to eighth grade. Yeah, and we better not quit our day jobs at the same time. That nah, wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this has been Question of Faith, and uh, we'll catch you all again next time. 
Cue rock and roll music. <laughs> 